This is Guardy with Clear Life Combat. Today I'm going to be talking to Joshua Cakes Dawson before he competes this week, this Friday, at Fight to Win 190 in Dallas, Texas. What's up, guys? I'm Josh Dawson. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, where, where are you at right now? Uh, right now I'm at my home in League City, Texas. Are you from League City? You from this area? Yeah, originally that's where I'm from. Okay, cool. So if somebody hasn't had the chance to meet you yet, can you share a little bit about yourself? Like, when did you start training? Uh, what do you train in? And where do you train at? So, uh, I started training when I was about five years old at Gracie Baja, Texas, under Professor Vinicius Draculino. And uh, I trained up until I was about 11. And then I took kind of like a five-year hiatus, I'd say, because uh, my family moved to Costa Rica to do some mission work during that time. And so we worked with some churches and stuff down there. And then when I was about 16, we moved back. And when we moved back, that was when I started like uh, training and competing again and, you know, really falling back in love with jujitsu. But growing up, that was all we did. We would do jujitsu when it was time for jujitsu and wrestling when it was wrestling season. So I've been training for three, like three, four years, like really consistently. But I mean, I started when I was when I was five. How, How old are you right now? I'm 19 right now. How was it in Costa Rica in the the mission work and everything else? Man, honestly, it was great. It was a really cool experience. Uh, I I got to learn Spanish, so right now I'm fluent in two languages and I'm proficient in Portuguese, so I can make my way with a, a third language. So, um, but man, it was a really cool experience. We uh, we lived there for five years and we got to we got to work with the church down there called Casa Vida, and uh, we got to help them build churches and, and reach out to the community down there. So, and uh, we worked with an organization called Surf for Youth, which kind of took kids from the poor areas and taught them how to surf and kept them out of uh, drugs and you know stuff and kept them in school. So it was a really cool experience, and I made a lot of really great friends uh, during that time. I say that's a, a pretty big part. You know, if you're 11 years old, you'll move away, and you come back when you're 16. Those are like those defining moments of your of your life where you kind of find out who you are. Um, was there any combat sports or anything over there that you were able to participate or that you at least uh, were exposed to? So my main thing during that time was I was surfing while I lived down there, but uh, I trained off and on. There was a, a black belt that uh, lived about, I'd say 20 minutes from where I was living. Uh, and so my dad would take us over there once or twice a week, but it wasn't as consistent as I am now. Uh, I, we, we wanted to surf more during that time. So uh, I trained off and on, not super consistent, but it was, uh, I mean, I trained when I could, you know, and then whenever I'd come back and visit the States, I would, I would train at my home at GB, Texas. Yes. Okay. So you move back, you get back to the States. Was that like a a bit of a a shock to be back here again? Or was it a relief? What was that transition like? Um, So it was kind of bittersweet, you know, Uh, at the time I was, I was kind of bummed about leaving my friends and because like. I'm the kind of person that whenever I have a close group of friends, they're like my family. I don't have like a huge group of friends. And so like the guys that I was uh, leaving down there were, I felt like family, like we went on countless surf trips and, you know, spent so much time together. I was kind of bummed leaving them, but at the same time, it was a, it was nice to come back to the States and, you know, kind of get back to, I'd say a more normal life of, you know, what I was used to when I was younger and uh, get back into the swing of things here. Yeah, so you mentioned, okay, Gracie Baja, Texas, you know, with that friends group and that close-knit group. Is that what it's like over there, training under Professor Jacolino? Oh, yeah, for sure. 
I mean, uh, Professor Giacolino is, is, is family. I mean, I've known him since, I mean, like I said, I, since I was five, like at, at his original location in El Dorado before he moved to the location he's at now. And so Professor Giacolino is like family. And then uh, I, I train a lot with Professor Lucas Valente and his wife, Andresa. And, and for me, they're, they're like family. So all the, all the team over there, we have a really great support system that, you know, pushes each other and, and all the people there, I just, I love with all my heart and they're like family to me. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, training whenever you were five, I mean, you can't, that's, that's like crazy experience, you know, getting introduced to it, uh, you know, no, that young, does that give you an advantage that you found? So I found that like when I came back, because I kind of took a break, I mean, like I wasn't training as consistently as I was before I moved. Right. So like before I moved to Costa Rica, I was training two times a week. And then on top of that, my dad had me and my uh, two younger brothers had us in wrestling. So we would, you know, we were kind of, that was what we did, you know? Um, and so whenever I came back to, to the States, I felt that it was easier to jump back into it, knowing that I already had some, some uh, jujitsu rather than just starting from scratch, you know? So I felt like that helped. And in the long run, the movement, I feel like where I'm at now, the movements and the ability that I've had have definitely helped starting from a younger age. Mm -hmm. Did your dad or anybody else in your family train, you know, to start you young wrestling and jujitsu, does he have a background in it as well? Um, so my dad, he trained up until he was a blue belt and then, you know, like kind of the stereotype blue belt, they get their blue belt and then quit, you know, but, uh, I mean, I don't want to say that, but like, he, uh, <laughs> you know, got caught up with work and life and stuff. Yeah. And so I kind of fell away. I have two younger brothers that, that trained with me as well. Um, but right now they're, they're 17 and 15. So one of them just graduated high school and, uh, he's focused on other things. And then, uh, my youngest brother, he's, he likes football and baseball and, you know, the traditional sports, but he was, he, he was pretty talented in jujitsu too. So, it was, uh, I was kind of like, man, you got us pushing him to get back into it, you know, but it's all good. He, he loves his, he loves the sports that he plays now. So, yeah. Okay. So wrestling, jiu-jitsu and surfing those aren't the the typical sports you know your brother's into are you into the typical sports as well so I've, I've never had the chance to really play the typical sports honestly uh i was i've been pretty much homeschooled like uh, all my life because uh, like before we moved to costa rica I, my mom decided to homeschool us so that while we were down there we could still do school because originally we were supposed to be there for three months and then it kind of just kept we kind of just kept staying you know um <laughs> and so like when uh when we came back my brothers wanted to go to school and so I didn't really care I wanted to stay homeschooled primarily so I could have the freedom to train and travel because I didn't like the idea of being trapped in a box for eight hours a day you know when I was like I, I just graduated this last year so I was like able to my last three years I was a freshman uh no a sophomore when I moved back so I had three more years of high school and I homeschooled myself I did a online program and during that time, I was able to train two or three times a day and compete and travel and kind of do what I want and based off my own schedule because I had the freedom to do that. Yeah. So I, I didn't really play traditional sports, but it, I feel like it benefited me in the long run. So for like during 2020, whenever COVID happened, pandemic and schools had to shut down, go online, you were kind of set up for that already as you were about to graduate yeah. and could continue doing what you yeah. need to do. Yeah, it, for me, it didn't it didn't affect anything, honestly. Uh, like everyone shut down school. I kept doing I kept doing school and, and training didn't even really change that much for me uh, <laughs> during that time. So, yeah. 
Okay, so what's going on this Friday? Where are you going to be at? Uh, who are you competing against? So this Friday, I'm going to be fighting on Fight to Win 190 against Ashley Sanchez. Uh, he's a blue belt from, I think, the Austin area. And should be a great match. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, uh, in preparation, is just getting my head right and and doing my thing. I'm not really – I know my jiu-jitsu is, is my jiu-jitsu, so I'm not going to worry about what he does. I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. It'll be at, I think – I don't know how you pronounce it. It's spelled with a G, but I think it's a Gillies. Gillies. Dallas is where it'll be at. Yeah, yeah, I believe it's Gillies. That's awesome. In Dallas, you know, it's Texas is a big state, so it's a little bit of a drive. Uh, when are you heading over there? Uh, I believe I'm going to head up on Friday morning uh, with uh, with Professor Ariane DeMello. He's going to go coach me and then uh, another friend of mine. So we're going to kind of road trip up there together, and, and then uh, I think we're going to leave around Friday morning. So Okay, so this is going to be your first competition uh, super fight of the year. What did last year look like for you? When was the last time you were able to compete and were you able to compete multiple times last year? Yeah, last year I was able to compete a lot. I had a, uh, not the best year. I had a, a better start to the year than the end. I'd say, uh, the beginning of the year I had a I had good results. I had, uh, I did well. I got second in the Dallas open. I got, I got double silver in Houston open, uh, Gia no Gi. And then I had a super fight, uh, with third coast grappling that I was able to finish via outside heel hook. Um, and then I kind of took like a little break cause uh, I got, I got injured over the summer. Uh, I was, I went to, a I was training, uh, rest. I was working on some wrestling stuff over the summer. And, uh, during one of the live matches, I, I got Matt returned and landed on my hip and kind of landed wrong. So I had to take a, like a little break so I could recover from that. Um, and then my end of the year wasn't as good as the start. Uh, I had a couple, uh, a couple of matches that, you know, the ref could have, could have done a little bit better. <laughs> um, but, uh, other than that, I mean, I had a, a match with third coast grappling in Arizona, the last event they did, and it was able to finish in 55 seconds via inside heel hook. Um, and then the last, the last tournament that I did was worlds in, uh, California. Um, unfortunately I didn't do so well in that tournament. I didn't show up with the right mindset and, and, other guys that took advantage of it. So uh, it's all good, though. But, yeah, it's the first super fight of the year. It's my really my first match of the year. Um, you know, it's pretty pretty quick. It's, it's only the first weekend of January, so uh, – or second. I don't know if it's the first second weekend. But um, should be it should be exciting. I'm really looking forward to it and, you know, getting the year off to a good start. So whenever it comes to a match versus a tournament, you know, if you go and compete in Worlds – uh, how is that mindset different, and is the preparation the same, or is it different as well? So the training doesn't really change uh, very much. It just depends. I mean, for for super fight, for example, like I will usually, I don't I don't study my opponent abundantly. I'll watch like one or two videos if I can find it, just to get an idea of kind of like what their jujitsu is. So I'm not going in there with with nothing, but I don't like study because then if I, I feel like if I, uh, if I start studying too much, then I start focusing on, on his jujitsu and not mine, you know, because then I'm like, how do I counter this? Or how do I counter this? Not saying I don't need to be well prepared in, in my counters and my defenses, but if I start focusing more on, on his jujitsu, then I'm not attacking and I'm not, uh, I'm not focused on what I could do, you know? So I, I get an idea, like what kind of a game they play, like, oh, if they're a wrestler, if they're a guard puller, you know, what they kind of like just to, just to have an idea, but it doesn't change much in my preparation. And then uh, for a tournament, it's the similar kind of thing. Just keep training and, 
working on kind of areas that I've identified as like weak points, you know, like, okay, if I had a last tournament where I made this mistake, I'm like, that's what I'm working on. And so like right now, I feel my biggest thing I'm working on is just my mental, my mental preparation. Um, because I've noticed like personally, I get like super anxious before a super fight or before a tournament. And so uh, the mind, the mindset going into that is, uh, is super important. Like I have days where like where I go to fight and I know I'm going to win because of just how good my head feels, you know? And then like, whenever I like go and compete and I'm like feeling kind of like down and my head's not right there, I know I'm like, crap, I need to, I need to up my head, you know, like get my head in the right place. Cause with this attitude, I'm not going to win. Yeah. So right now that's my main focus is just working on my, is on my mental game. And, and a lot of times I all, what I'll do to help prepare is like, I take social media off my phone. I turn I kind of turn off my phone. Like, like days before, like a day before, I'll, the night before, I'll turn everything off. I won't, I won't even look at my phone until, until after the fight, because I know if I, you know, if I'm looking at something on Instagram or whatever, like, it's just not good for your head, you know, like I try and avoid, I try and stay off social media as much as possible, even if as hard as it is, you know, especially in this day and age. Yeah. That's so, what LeBron would do during the playoffs that he would say going zero dark 30. You ever see him do that? Like in the past, he would do that. Shut it all off. No, but I mean, that's the, I, honestly, I think that's the best thing. Cause mm-hmm. like, I mean, I, I think social media affects us in a lot of, it can be used for positive, but I mean, in a lot of negative ways, you know, so, and I know how it affects me personally. So I've kind of, I've slowly started to identify like, you know, how, what things affect my mental game. And I'm kind of like, okay, I've identified this as a, you know, an effective thing. How do I, you know, like, okay, I'm not going to, not going to look at Instagram two days or three days before a tournament, you know, I'm not going to do this or whatever, whatever it may be um, that I've identified just to, you know, keep my head straight and keep focused on, on what's ahead, you know, because that's what I need to be focusing. I don't need to be focusing on what my friend or whoever, someone that I follow is doing for their weekend, you know? Yeah. I would say being anxious before a super fight, anxious before a tournament is, is normal. And like, you know, if you were calm going in, that would be, considered you know unnormal um but is there yeah, sure. a, a balance and, and can you ever truly and you have a lot of people that you know have competed on the biggest stage and i mean you have as well um but how what kind of advice have they given you and is that a benefit uh to to try and, and get those nerves and that anxiousness uh subdued one thing I've, I've kind of found that works for me is uh i don't know if you ever heard of the breathing methods wim hof that's one thing that i've uh it's this crazy dude from like somewhere in the I think in the Netherlands he pretty much goes in like freezing water he's got a bunch of world records and he does like this breathing method so he doesn't get hypothermia and he's in freezing cold water for like hours or you know it's ridiculous and so uh I, I've been I do usually do that with a combination of like a really intense warm-up like if I have an intense warm-up like I have to do like a match before my match you know yeah because if I'm if I'm like warm and sweating and like I, I'm more focused on like that, then by the time I walk out on the mat, it's like, all right, I'm ready to go. So like for me personally, that's what I've, I've found has worked. Um, but everyone's different, you know, like what somebody says works for them might not work for you. You know, I have friends that uh, I don't warm up at all. You know, they walk out and compete cold and they kill it. You know, mm-hmm. that does not work for me personally. If I do that, I will have a serious adrenaline dump and, uh, and will most likely lose the match because I'm cold, you know. So I have to have like in a super intense warm up, and then and then like some, and then usually about five ten minutes before I do I do my breathing exercises and get in the right headset before I go out. Okay, so this Friday, fight to win 
190. Uh, that's your first match at, in Dallas at, at Gillies. What's the rest of the year look like for you? Ideally, what kind of goals do you have? So right now with the uh, with the year coming, my main focus for the next couple months is going to be the ADCC West Coast Trials. Uh, so I had a I'm, I fought in the ADCC East Coast Trials uh, last year, and I, I was able to make it to the second round. And then I fought Cade Rotolo, who ended up winning my division uh, in the 77. So unfortunately, I lost to him. It was a it was a great match. It was a really cool experience. You know, fight against such a high level guy like that. Uh, my first match, I was able to win via rear naked choke, and then my second round was against him. So uh, I'm really excited to to fight that rule set again. The the whole vibe of the tournament was really fun, and and uh, I'm looking forward to that. So right now, that's my focus is the West Coast Trials, which is in April. So I'm kind of after after this weekend, I'm getting my fight camp and everything set up so I can so I can prepare the best I can for this, this rule set. Cause it's a little different than normal, you know, rule sets like IBJJF and super fights and, you know, stuff like that. The points are a little different at the time. So just, uh, getting everything prepared for that. And then, uh, the rest of the year kind of still figuring it out. Cause like right now my main focus is on, is in Nogi, uh, for the, for the West coast trials. Mm -hmm. And then after that, depending on, you know, how I do, we'll see, what the rest of the year holds, but I, I can imagine it's probably going to consist of, you know, more super fights, hopefully. And then a uh, world's gi and no gi and pans gi and no gi. So, you know, just trying to do the best, be the best I can. And in, in all rule sets, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter. So I'll yeah. fight whoever, whenever <laughs> under whatever rule set doesn't matter for me. Yeah. So earlier you mentioned something about, you know, a judge's decision last year, maybe there's some questionable things, um, you know, all of the different rule sets and all the different promotions and ADCC, rule set how is it important how important is it to go in and making sure that you understand the rules you know there was a an event on ufc fight pass that i watched you know the free fury grappling and mm -hmm. you know there was no no heel hooks and they had these ufc guys right. and other stuff so i mean for you how important is that and and what's your favorite rule set i suppose or if you have one i mean honestly as of right now i really i really favor the adcc rule set um I, that was the first time I fought the ADCC rule set last year. And, man, I just loved it. I thought it was so fun because, like, I feel like it really shows, uh, it really shows, like, not just jujitsu, but, like, you, you see guys under IBJJF. And, of course, we're, we're all guilty of it, even myself. You know, like, we get two points, and then we're kind of like, all right, I'm ahead up on points. I don't need to be as, you know, be as uh, – like aggressive now I can kind of chill you know and take my time because I'm up on points but or or even an advantage you know at the highest level you have guys winning by an advantage or whatever um and I kind of like that for the first three minutes of or the first half of the time limit there's no points there's no advantages there's nothing they don't even have advantages they just have negatives um and so it really kind of forces you to for the first half of the time limit be aggressive and uh and do jujitsu you know you can't stall and so I, and I really enjoyed that rule set because it was it's fun. And then the points come into play in the last half. So, you know, of course, if nothing happens, no submission there, there's uh it can go to points and then there's an overtime and like the overtime is, is, is the same thing as the last half of the points as points wise. So I really enjoyed that rule set because you had guys getting thrown two mats over, you know, that were <laughs> supposed to be on this mat over here or guys fighting on the carpet because someone has a submission hold, you know, like for me, I thought that's like, that was such a cool rule set to see. Cause you see guys in like IBJJF, you know, 
like they're defending something and they kind of roll out of bounds and okay, two points, but now you reset on the feet and you're in a different position, you know? So, and then as far as understanding the rules, man, I think that's, that's as important as, you know, like competing in the rules because I mean, that's kind of sounds dumb. I didn't say that right. But uh, I mean, understanding the rules is super important because you have guys that, you know, they're like, Oh, that should have been two points or, Oh, that should have been this. But it's like, nah, dude, if you understand the rules, it it wasn't two points or it wasn't this because, you know, you have a million people say, like, it could be this, could be that. But if you really look at the rules and understand it, it can it can change how you play the game, you know. Like, I remember my first match uh, in the in the East Coast trials, uh, I, had taken the, I had taken the guys back and I had one hook in. And I looked at the clock and there was three, there's three minutes and two seconds. So I waited until it was two minutes and 59 seconds before I put the hook in to get my to get my three points. And then I started working on the submission just so I knew that, okay, you know, I have my points. Now I can work for the submission and I don't have to, you know, worry about like, oh, I need to make something happen. Otherwise it's going to go to overtime, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think understanding the rules is a huge part of the game, you know? Yeah. How much more prepared do you feel having competed in the East Coast trials uh, for the West Coast trials in April? Man, I feel I feel like my jiu-jitsu is better prepared. I feel like I've improved on some things that I needed to work on, you know, like my leg lock defense. I had a, a, a decent uh defense at the time i had did a i did a little camp with a uh, professor Aron Demello before we were doing a camp for uh nogi worlds and so then after nogi worlds i asked him if him and i could continue working together until the east coast trials to prepare on some things that i felt that uh, i need to work on and so i felt like that that part of my game has gotten a lot better um and so i feel like i feel like i mean my jujitsu thankfully i feel like it's always improving because i have great people around me you know helping me technique wise and uh, helping me improve. So I feel like preparation wise, I feel like I'm only going to get better until then, you know, I got four months until April or three and a half, you know, or it's almost four months close enough. Um, I got four months until April. So I'm going to just keep preparing the best I can get ready for that. And then uh, hopefully come out with the win. So. Okay. When it does come to preparing, what does that look like for you as far as like nutrition exercise? How many times a day do you train? You know, what do you do to repair your body? So uh, it pretty much stays the same, you know, for throughout the year. Uh, as far as nutrition goes, uh, Professor Lucas does my he does my nutrition. He's a he's actually a very he's he's really smart and and it's kind of, it's really cool. Uh, he's a he's a he's a sports nutrition coach uh, as well as you know as a high level black belt. And so he uh, there's a group of us from the gym that um that he he does our nutrition like he does mine. Of course, he does his wife and himself, and then uh, Professor Jordan Beisman. And then a few other people from the gym, he does their nutrition. So, uh, so as far as nutrition goes, he's got, he's got each of us on kind of a personalized nutrition plan. So I have my own that I, I have on my phone and I follow like my post-workout meal, the amount of calories and macros and stuff that I need to hit during the day. Um, so as far as that goes, that'll probably maintain the same. And then uh, my training schedule, it de- depending on the day, it's about two or three times a day. Uh, most of the time, it's at least two. I mean, at least every day, it's at least two, um, depending on the day, it varies between two times jujitsu and one time weights. I work out weights about three times a week and then one day of conditioning, uh, which is like just high intensity cardio and stuff like that. Um, so depending on the day, it'll be, you know, two times jujitsu, one time weights or, you know, one time jujitsu and then one time weights in the evening. It depends on the day, but usually two or three times a day I'm, I'm working out or training. What about recovery? Because that's that's a lot to put your body through 
So as far as recovery, uh, I, I sleep a lot. <laughs> um, and so I have a, I have this thing I wear when I train, it's called a whoop. And so it tracks my tracks, like my, what they call it strain, which is like how mm-hmm. much you put your body through in the day. And it kind of gives you an estimate of like, okay, based off of last night's sleep need, and then uh, based off your training today, how much you should sleep tonight. So, it's, you know, say it's like nine hours or this, you know, and it says, okay, if you want to wake up at say 930, you need to go to bed by this time tonight to reach your optimal sleep. So I do that. I take, uh, I take supplements like creatine and protein to make sure I'm, you know, my body's recovering the way I need to. Um, and then on top of that, I do, uh, I do ice baths pretty regularly. At least I try to. Um, and that, that helps a lot. So as far as recovery, I'm, you know, making sure I eat the right food and getting the rest that I need on the days that I need it. And, uh, you know, putting the right supplements and stuff into my body. What about your hat? I see. Are you, are you a big believer in CBD? Yeah. So I'm, I have a really great sponsor, uh, called Floor Medica and they have, man, they have the best CBD I, I've, I've had. And personally, like every time I, I take it, I'm able to like, kind of just like, I kind of just melt into my bed and I'm, <laughs> I pass out. And the next morning I wake up like feeling recharged. So it's, it's really like a, a, a great, like, uh, I'd say just a, like the great blessing to be able to have, have them, you know, cause, cause as, like I said, you know, sleeping recovery is, is super important. And like after a hard training session, like for example, like last night, like uh, we do nogis on Tuesday night at a uh, GB Texas. And it sometimes doesn't end until 9.30 or 9.45 or later, you know, depending on like who's training and how hard we're going. And then I get home at, you know, 10 or 10.15. By the time I eat and kind of relax everything, it's, it's, you know, 11 o'clock. And it's hard to sleep after having such a hard, a hard training session, you know. So it's nice to be able to like, you know, I have my food, I do all my things. And then like I take my, take my CBD or my gummies or whatever. And like, and then like, you know, 20 minutes, it's 20, 30 minutes, it sets in. I'm just like all right, now I'm like relaxed and I can sleep because I've had times where I come back from training and I'm up until one or two in the morning because of, you know, such a hard training session. And whenever I take these products, it's like, I don't have that. I just go straight to sleep and I can, you know, get ready for the next day. Yeah. I wanted to bring up the gummies because I saw a post that you had, you'd put up and I was like, those gummies look delicious. I just love gummies, man. (laughs) Those gummies, honestly, they're my, they're my favorite thing. Like (laughs) I've asked for that more than anything because like, they're they're little they're small they're perfect you know whatever like you just take it and then like 30 minutes later you just like you just feel like you're melting into your bed like you just feel relaxed you know and that's that's like i'll take it after like a hard night of training or you know like okay i know tomorrow like i'm gonna have a another hard day of training so i'll take one at like 30 minutes 40 minutes before i go to bed and then once i kind of feel like relaxed then i I just get in bed and and put on like you know a little bit of music and just kind of pass out you know so yeah and I'll, and I man every time I take one I wake up the next morning feeling like recharged like a new me. The first time I took it I was honestly surprised. Like I <laughs> uh I felt kind of skeptical because like I'd taken some other CBD stuff before and I was like I didn't really like feel much and I was like okay whatever you know. But like when I took this cuz it's uh has a little bit of delta 8 in it. So it's it's not just traditional CBD, you know. It's not just like the the oil. It's it's got a little bit of a delta eight THC in it. So it a lot like for me, it really like allows you to like relax without you know like tripping out like delta nine like you know regular stuff does. Yeah, awesome. I'm gonna have to try some. I'm gonna use your discount hey man, code. Uh, yeah, cakes fifteen. Let's talk about go. that. So Joshua Cakes Dawson, where does your nickname come from? Okay, so it's 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 a pretty funny story. I mean. Um, 
so during quarantine, uh, like I said, my training didn't change much during quarantine. Uh, I was th- I was blessed to be able to have uh, a small group of people, Professor Lucas, his wife, um, and then a couple other black belts from the gym. Uh, we made a small group, and that and we they come over to my house every day. Uh, at least Lucas and Andresa would. Other black belts would kind of vary depending on you know their schedules and and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they would come over, and we would train every day in my garage for about an hour, hour and a half uh, of specific and live training, which was, was so tough because, you know, you're, I'm training with the number one black belt lightweight in the world. And then the world, the current world champ and, you know, new 2020 champ, Andresa, she's a beast. You know, they're both, they're both such high level black belts and training with them every day in the Texas summer era from you know because the pandemic kind of started in april and then we didn't open up the gym back up for the public until i think it was like june or july so it's hot you know april time it's hot in texas and my garage does not have any air conditioning so like i literally tied a fan to the roof like a a floor fan yeah i took rope and tied it because it was so hot um and so anyone that knows professor lucas knows that like uh like he's kind of he's goofy sometimes you know and he just says random things and so one time him and I were both like we were really amped up when we were training and uh and so he was like let's get it Joshy takes and I was like in my head I'm like dude I really hope that doesn't stick and then it went from Joshy cakes to baby cakes to then just cakes just cake stuck and so I was like all right and so uh then like the gym opened back up a few months later and the first day I go back in and professor Lucas goes, what's up cakes. And I'm like, ah, looks like <laughs> that's going to stick. And so, uh, and so then I knew it was official when professor Draculino started calling me, calling me that when call, he started calling me cakes, I one day I walked in, he's like, Mr. Cakes. And I'm like, Oh, it's official now. So I have it, I have it on the back. I have it on my shorts, on my, on my fight shorts. I have it like right on the butt so funny um <laughs> and like little kids blocks but it's it's kind of funny because professor draculino only asked me where that name came from like two months ago we were at dinner and he's like he's like why does why does he call you cakes and i had to explain him the whole story uh and i was like man it's funny because all these guys at the gym call me cakes and like some of them don't even know where the name came from you know yeah so it's, it's, it's a it's funny and so now that's stuck and it's transferred over to uh, I cross train at Gracie Baja West Chase, and so even Pedro Mourinho, I show up. He's like, "What's up, cakes?" Like all the guys over there. So it's it's a uh, it's like it's it's officially stuck, you know. So now I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna embrace it. I put it on my fight gear. It's my you know my discount code for my CBD stuff, and <laughs> and that's like people like they either call me Josh or like they're guys at the gym that just call me like they just call me cake, you know. So I'm like, all right, whatever, it's cool. So it's way better just to embrace, it. just embrace it. Yeah, at first I was fighting it. I'm not going to lie. I was like, ah, like, I want a cool nickname, you know, like, like Draculino. Like, that's cool, you know, not cakes. Like, come yeah. on, you know, but uh, but now I'm in, I've, I've embraced it. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a nickname, you know, like you don't get to pick your nickname. So, uh, you know, I know it came with, it came with uh, <laughs> a funny story now. So it's, uh, it's cool. That's awesome. Okay. So uh, earlier you had mentioned, uh, about mind racing after training, you know, a hard night, uh, uh, doing some no gi training, or even I'm thinking like competition, super fights, tournaments, you know, after you get done, um, are you able to process what happened if there's not film or is it kind of so much of its instinct that you're like, Oh, I knew I got his back, but I can't remember the process for you. Do you remember all of that stuff? Or is that something that 
you know, like you're laying down in bed and you're trying to remember what happened. Uh, what does that look like for you? It's funny, it's funny that you say that because my mom had actually asked me like a similar question about that because like she was like, man, like athletes can like recall like games, you know, like they know exactly what happened. And I feel for the most part, I can do the same thing. Like, like, I like there's not a match that I can't really remember the, the sequence or how certain things happen. It definitely helps to have video because then you can see exactly, you know, from an outside angle, I'd say like if you're, you know, made a mistake with this or whatever, you can. You can see from a separate angle, okay, what you should have done. But for the most part, I can remember, you know, like I can remember matches from the beginning of last year. I can remember how they went down. I can remember the exact points and the the exact advantages and, you know, how I lost or how I won or, you know, whatever. So um, I feel like for the most part, I can remember it pretty well, but it definitely helps to, you know, have, have the video and be able to like, you know, see it from an outside angle. Awesome. Okay, so can you remind everybody what's taking place this Friday? Uh, can people come and watch it? Are they available? Is it available online anywhere? And how can they support you? So as of right now, uh, I don't believe there's any any streaming because they were under flow. But I don't I don't know what's happening with that right now. But if you're in the Dallas area, you can come watch me. I fight. I think around like five thirty on Friday night. It'll be at Gillies in Dallas. Uh, you can get tickets online at fight to win tickets.com, I believe is it. If not, uh, just go to fight to win's Instagram page or their fight to win.com and you can find the tickets um, for the event. It, it's going to be a killer event. There's some killer names on the card. It's going to be a great night. If you're in the area, come check it out. If you've never been to one of the super fight events, it's a super fun event. Great vibes. You get to, you know, see some great matches of all levels. You know, you get to see kids that are young, up and, you know, like, that are still like, you know, probably 10 years old. And then you have, you know, high level black belts competing and then you have local guys from the area. So if you haven't been to a super fight, I highly recommend come check it out. You know, uh, like I said, get tickets online at fight to win tickets.com. And it'll be, uh, I think it starts at five o'clock on Friday. So, you know, with, with kids competing on those, on those cards and even like, I think third coast grappling kids, um, we did a little segment, you know, talking about that and, and interviewed a couple of the participants from Gracie Baja, Texas, um, did you compete whenever you were a kid and how important is that for these kids to get that experience? Man, I think, so I competed a little bit when I was a kid. I, uh, I remember doing more wrestling tournaments when I was younger, uh, cause there's not a ton of tournaments for kids. I mean, like there's local tournaments, like I'd say like IBJJF, you know, there's, there's more IBJJF adults than there are kids. They have like one kids or two kids tournaments a year, but I think it's super important, you know, because it teaches you, you know, like it teaches kids, I'd say the hard work and dedication that you need to have to be successful. You know, nobody likes to lose, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm thankful enough to, I'm able to coach some of the kids that are, are on the comp team and uh, Gracie Baja and, and they're really extremely talented, you know, but uh, you know, everyone's got stuff to learn. I'm learning, they're learning, you know, we're all learning. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's super important because especially if you're, you know, a competitor, uh, it, you get to see holes in your game. You get to go against different people that, you know, if you train with the same people every day, they kind of, you know, you kind of figure out their game, their, you know, their, their, what they're going to do. So I think it's, as far as like improving it, it helps a lot because you get the chance to, you know, you get to test out stuff in a, in a live competition setting versus as if you're just live training or you're training with someone, it's a little different, you know, it's not as intense. It's a little more chill, you know? So I think it's extremely important, especially, you know, it, it gives kids like a, a hard work they want because you can't just slack off and then show up to a tournament or a super fight and expect to do well, you know, because there's some other kid out there who's going to be working and, 
putting in the work and doing the time that, you know, will show up and then murder you. And you're like, Oh <laughs> crap. Like I thought I had this in the bag, you know? Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's super important. And, and the kids that fight from that compete from Gracie Bot Texas, they're super talented and, and they have the work ethic. So I think they'll go far and, and do well. Awesome. Hey, is there anything else that you would like to share today that we haven't talked about or maybe talk about again? Man, I don't. I think that's. I think that's it. I mean, unless you got any more questions, I feel like I talked a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it should be good. Yeah. So, reminder: you can go and uh, check out Joshua Cakes <laughs> Cakes Dawson uh, at Fight to Win at Gillies. That's this Friday the seventh in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I see that you're the favorite as well because there's like a I guess I'm over under. Oh, you I'm are the underdog. underdog. Yeah. Okay. Does that Which motivate you? Oh man, it doesn't. For me, it doesn't matter. Like I've never fought for fight to win. This guy's fought once under them. He's got a, he's got a victory under them. So it's like, you know, it's 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 just odds. Like okay, I'm coming in unknown. I have never fought for them before. Uh, you know, this guy's fought once. He's got a re- he's got a win on his record. So it's like it doesn't it doesn't change much for me. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna do my jujitsu and play my game and you know we'll put on a show. So it'll be it'll be good. Okay, I got you. All right. Well, thank you so much for making some time. I appreciate you. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. This Guys, is... check out my Instagram, cakes underscore BJJ, and get you got some of the best CBD products on the wor- in the world. Use my code cakes15.